Today, I want to start talking about uh, deliverance and spiritual environment because it will set us up for some of the things that we're going to talk about in the next three weeks, provision, healings, and so forth. And so deliverance and also the spiritual reality. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. The Word of God says, Therefore we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. In another translation, he says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirit, spirits in the heavenly places. A lot of people don't believe in the unseen world. Many of us have been convinced that there is not a thing called an unseen world. But I pray hopefully by the end of today, you will be able to see a little bit what it is we mean when we talk about spiritual reality. You see, the spiritual reality is just right all around us. The spiritual reality is not some far, far away land, but it's right here. It's right now. It's all over you. You say, but I can't see and therefore, I, I, therefore it's not real. And that's not true because there are a lot of things that you can't see, but it's real. For example, uh, the, 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 the frequencies or the, the wave, the, the broadcast signals of, of all the television stations, all the radios, you can't see them, but you know it's there. For your cell phone to receive any, any phone calls, it, it needs to receive from those signals that it's those those signals in the air that is invisible. They're there, and yet you can't see them. And same as spiritual forces and realities in the spiritual world. There's another world just right beside us. It's just our naked eyes cannot see it. And so most people will basically just discount them and say, well, you know, they're not important, it's not real, and, and therefore we're not going to worry about them. But if you were to study carefully about the spiritual around you, you will understand how, and, and, it, and that you learn how it works. You can never learn everything about how it works, but how the Bible had taught us about the different characteristics of the spiritual world. Then you will understand how things are moving. Because in the kingdom of God, in the spiritual world, there is no such thing as accident or coincidence. It doesn't happen. All has been planned out. And I always say that the physical environment, everything that you touch and see, everything that is going on, every events that are taking place, political, economic, social, geopolitical, all the events that are taking place around the world from the news that you hear every day, they happen because something had already happened in the spiritual world. I cannot go into details on all the things that we study in spiritual warfare, but I hope by the end of this service, God will help us to understand a little bit how the spiritual world works. Now, for those of you who know about this sort of thing, I pray that it will be a reminder to you that you are not, you do not exist only in the physical realm. There are, there are spiritual forces that you and I have to contend with. Now, in Genesis, let me start from Genesis. I'm going to go through quickly. In Genesis, um, 
If you remember that in the Garden of Eden, everything was great, everything was beautiful, and there was no sin, no sorrow, no sickness, uh, no supplies issue, no lack of provision, no, no cancer, uh, no, no, no fighting between husband and wife. You know, everything was perfect, and all the food was healthy, no McDonald's, you know, those makeup food, you know, just, just nice fruits, you know, and, and no, no uh, what, what do you call that, uh, the... Uh, the uh, the the uh, um, the uh, the fruits that they they alter GM, G, GMO no no genetically modified fruits you know some of those fruits this they're so big you know they modified it right it's like apple is getting bigger and bigger you know it's like what is that what's going on you know and so no GMO you know no pesticides everything was perfect and and God had intended that way everything was perfect but man was given the authority to maintain all that was perfect. The only thing that man needed to do was just obey God on one thing. And we couldn't do it. And what happened is man sinned, fell short of the glory of God, disobeyed God. And so curse came to the world. But watch this. Interesting enough, even though God had uh, instructed them and warned them and yet they disobey God. You'd think that God would be so mad at them and would punish them. But instead, because of their sin, now they are exposed to all the influence of the sinful realm. And in his goodness and his grace, God still wanted to protect them. You know what, what he did? He killed an animal and he shed blood. And to give them something to wear, something that has blood to cover them so that they could be protected from the influence of the dark world or what we call the curses. Now, throughout time, God would choose a person and eventually a family and eventually a nation that he would demonstrate how he wants to protect them from all the evil influences. See, after Adam and Eve had, fell short, had fallen short of the glory of God, evil basically had full reign over this earth. That's why the Bible tells us that the devil is actually the God of this world. And so he's in charge. So this, all, all the pains and sufferings in the world is under the influence of the devil. And God loves the people so much, the ones that he created, that he provided a way first through a nation called Israel to demonstrate how within a blood covenant, shedding of bloods of animals would, and, and also in that covenant would require them to obey and, and obey the commandments of God, obey his instructions with all the rituals. With that, he would protect them from the influence of the world, from the influence of the dark world and what we call them, protect them from the curses of the dark world. And so God protected them with this covenant of, of blood, which requires shedding of blood. And that is actually a, a, a for, um, a prophecy, if you may, of what he would do eventually. And what he did eventually is um, he, uh, he sent his son. Now, before I get to the, his son, and so the whole world was really being ruled and reigned um, uh, without any inhibition by the devil. 
And so if you were to study cultures of different race, of different cultures uh, in the history of mankind, whether it's uh, is a, is a European culture, whether it's African culture, whether it's uh, Asian culture of all sorts, all the cultures really thrive under witchcraft. Witchcraft ruled the day in the old days before Jesus came. And if you were to study your personal culture, the background of your culture, you know that all of them, everything with no exception, except the Jewish culture, all thrive in witchcraft. And if you have witchcraft, you have authority. And so we, was, we were studying about the Chaldeans uh, a number of weeks ago when we studied about the character of Daniels. And so all those magicians, if you remember, they, they held high places in the court of the emperor because the emperor needed those magicians, those who consult with spirits, to tell them, to tell them what's going on, to give them a, 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 an edge, to give them an advantage, because they know that the world was pretty much controlled by some spirits. They don't call it evil spirits, and they used those magicians to help them, from Babylon's to Egypt to even the old days. And some of you from European cultures, or some of you from Asian culture, you know that you know some of the European cultures in the old days is thrive on witchcraft. That's why you know a lot of the uh, a lot of the Western culture now because they they're pushing out God, they need to find their roots of where they come from. That's why they are just making movies about witchcraft, you know, Harry Potter and this sort of thing, so that they can get connected again to their roots as they were, seeing where they come from because the culture outside what God would do through Jesus was all about witchcraft. That's how you get an age. And because of that, people have been cursed People get into sickness and you need to consult with witches. You need to consult with all those magicians so that you can get healed, get protected, and so forth. Now, when Jesus shed his blood and gave his life on the cross, his blood replaced what the people of Israel did, not only replaced but actually magnify what they were doing through the shedding of blood of animals is that now the blood of Jesus covers not only one nation, not only those who observe and obey the rules and commandments of God, but that now the blood covers the earth. Why? You know that in the scriptures, in Psalms, they say that God is going to reveal his glory. His glory is going to be like the sea covered the earth, the water covered the earth. Water cover the sea. Sorry. How, how does that work? It's because of the blood of Jesus now provide the covering. And so when God looks to the earth, he doesn't look, he doesn't see the sin. He sees the blood of Jesus covering the whole earth. And because his blood now covers the whole earth, he can now send his spirits to the earth. Okay, I'm still on my introduction. For those of us who receive, number one, listen to this if you're not Christian, it's very important, his forgiveness, you need to receive his forgiveness. And number two, because you receive his forgiveness through his blood, by grace, and you receive therefore his Holy Spirit that is all around you now, 
You receive the Spirit, and that Spirit of God comes and dwells in you. That's called the experience of being born again, regenerate, regenerate again. That Spirit comes in you. Now, when you have the Holy Spirit in you and the blood of Jesus over you, now you are no longer under the influence of the what's what we call the curses of the world. That's what Galatians say. We are redeemed, therefore, from the influence of darkness, i.e., the curses of the world, from disease and sickness and poverty you're now redeemed from it you're no longer under the curse of the world like the general population you now have the holy spirit inside you so you're protected and then you're given the spirit of god you're no longer under that curse but the people who are not christians they should be afraid because they're still under the influence of darkness I shared with you, some of you before, uh, there was this brother, I don't know whether he's here or not, but I'm going to use his example anyways. If he, you know, if he, he, he you know, I'm not going to use his name. But, but he was, he, he come from a, a country that they were, they, they were, were, um, they were uh, they're practicing uh, witchcraft regularly. And so people who, uh, who, who find, you know, who, who, who want to get even with the enemy, they go and consult witches. And, and so he said one of his neighbors consulted a witch and uh, cursed all his enemies. And so he saw that some of the enemy of this neighbor started to get sick and many of them died. And so he wasn't a Christian. And so he was very afraid. He didn't know anything about Jesus, didn't know anything about God. And one day, some guy from some Methodist church preached the gospel to them, telling him that God, the God that they serve, those Methodists, and which, which is part of our, the kingdom of God, the God of Jesus, the, the God in heaven had provided a way of, to, uh, through Jesus that now we, 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 we are given the ability to overcome the world because the spirit of God that is in us is it's greater than ever. Every spirit, every power is in the world. Plus, there will be a blood of Jesus to protect and cover us. He heard that. He was so excited. He just, he just gave his heart to Jesus right on the spot. And he became a believer. And today, he's still serving God 30 years later. I want to tell you that the spirit world is real. Now, in, in Toronto, in North America, you, you see that there is this acceptance of witchcraft of all forms already. It started in the 70s or maybe even earlier, but now it's just, it just, it just take on a new uh, uh, a speed, you know, the acceptance. And people are accepting witchcraft. They, they used to hide in darkness. Now they're quite blatant in practicing witchcraft. What it tells me is that this thing is real. And some of us who are not believers, many Christians who aren't believers, are constantly under that influence. And what do you do? The only thing you can do to overcome is not to buy another witch's services to overcome. You know, hopefully the bigger witches can, bigger devils can, bigger demons can, can kill off the smaller demon, this sort of thing. And that's what a lot of people do. They used to, they used to you know, pay more for the, for the services and get bigger demons. And, and, you know, you probably heard stories like that. Now, it all sounds like a fairy tale, but it's very real. As a pastor, as I mentioned before, I tell you, I've seen things that, that will make your hair stand up. You know, just, it's so, it, it, it'll chill you. But, but what I'm trying to tell you is that all these activities, activities in the dark world, a lot of people have discounted it, but they're real. Yesterday, you know, uh, my, wife and my, my wife and I hosted a, a family and, uh, and a home for dinner. 
And uh, we were talking about um, the, the, the rate of suicide, even in this city, is huge. Students are committing suicide. Professionals are committing suicides. Famous people are committing suicide. And we were talking about why are famous people having all the power in the world commit suicides? And, you know, one of the things that was talked about is that many of the people who committed suicide is because they heard voices telling them to commit suicide. This individual that we were posting, he's, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a, I think he's a captain of a fire department. And, and he, uh, he said, um, he said uh, you know, they, they, in, in another province, and they said that he just recently had to uh, uh, scoop up a, a dead body. And it's, it's already uh, started to... to uh, to decompose, you know, and so, so, um, and they, you know, firefighter, right? God bless you guys, a firefighter, and you, you have to go and scoop out stuff, you know, and, and see uglies, and, and, uh, and, and, and he was talking about some of the teenagers, they would hear voices telling them to commit suicide. What is this? Now, in the world we're living in, we call them crazy, they're stupid. They're crazy. Nobody is crazy and stupid. There is a real spiritual forces out there working actively. And those are the people who do not know God. They're separated from God. Unfortunately, the love of the Father is trying to motivate the church and inspire the church to bring the good news, not the news of condemnation and judgment, the good news of Jesus that who loves them, who wants them to be protected, who wants them to be filled with the Holy Spirit, who wants to redeem them from the curse of the law. And, and, and trying to motivate us Christians to tell as many people as possible that they don't have to live in that fear. They don't have to live under oppression. They don't have to live under depression. They don't have to live under voices that will tell them to do things to hurt themselves. You know, a lot of teenagers, they cut themselves. Why? Because it's spiritual forces working very actively. Now, for those of us who call upon the Lord who believes in God. There are things we are protected by the Lord. We're protected under the blood of Jesus. But like praise and worship would bring the presence of God down to, to come into our world, our problem and situations and to solve our problems, to bring healing. You know, praise and worship actually can bring tremendous healing. If you've been praying for healing, you know, and you haven't seen healing, you should do praise and worship. You should say, God, I worship you. I praise you. In this church, you know, I've conducted seminars and telling people about all those uh, different experiences that I have and different people have about how praise and worship would actually defeat darkness. Let me, get, let me tell you one that is really famous. I, I talk about it, you know. Uh, uh, this, this preacher, his name is Jack Haver. He's still alive today. And, and uh, when I was younger, I used to listen to him all the time because he would be teaching 
about praise and worship, and, and I've learned a lot of praise and worship, the power of praise and worship from, from this fellow, and he's, he's, uh, he's like an apostle now, you know, meaning that everybody really respect him, and, and uh, you know, from, from, you know, some of the, anyway, so, so he had taught one time that he was, he took over a church in uh, California, I believe it's in California, some small town in California, and the church was struggling, people were always sick, and people were not coming, to, you know, not able to come to church, the church was dying. And so he took over and he preached his hardest. He did all the right thing and nothing happened. He was so frustrated. So he would walk in the sanctuary. You know, we pastors, we like to do that. When nobody's around, we walk around the sanctuary. We, we pray in the spirit, speak in tongue, lay hands on the pews. You know, God, you know, make the church grow, this sort of thing, right? And so, you know, so he would walk around, you know, and, and he pray. He asked God, what's going on? Why? Why? Why are people coming to church having such difficulty? And he was praying and praying and then all and he looked up. He was prompted to look up and on top of that, that church, you know, they used to have this church. Churches used to have steeples and the, 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 the ceiling is kind of like, like a, what do you call it? Like slanted, right? Like, and so he saw a huge spider on top of the church hanging on off the, the ceiling. And he started to go, in Jesus' name, go. And the spider didn't move. You say, well, that's theologically not sound. But I'm just telling the story, right? He said, you go in Jesus' name, the spider wouldn't move. And it was a massive spider. And he said, it's a spiritual, spiritual, he could see it. Most people, you know, most people, he probably wouldn't be able to see it. But he saw the spider. And so he rebuked the spider and nothing works. And so he's, and then he had a prompting in his spirit. The Holy Spirit started to speak to him. Why don't you begin to clap your hands and praise God? So he said, okay, God, I'm going to try this. I don't know whether it's from God or I'm talking to myself. So he's, he, he went, boom, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And the spider started to move. And he clapped harder and the spider is moving. And he starts saying, God, I praise you, I praise you. Boom, 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 boom. And then this thing fell down. And then he kept praising God. He kept praising God. And that thing just ran out of the church. That church experience its fastest growth in the history of the church. People started to get healed. People started, the relationship in the church started to get restored. Everything started to come into play, uh, 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 fall into its own uh, rightful place. Why? Because they were under the influence what, whoever, whatever they've done in the past. He said, I don't know who did what that caused that spider now to have room to come into the church but I did, he didn't know what happened, but it certainly brought a dark influence over the church. You say, it's impossible. It's church. It's just a building, right? So, 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 so what he was saying is that once that spider, one that demonic, spider, that spider basically is a representation of a demonic force. So don't, don't say that I say spider is the devil. So it isn't. Okay. <laughs> we don't preach false theology here. Oh, no, it's pretty gross, right? There was tarantula, you know, walking. Some people have tarantula for pets. Really, seriously. <laughs> Glory to God. So, so anyways, so there are spiritual forces at work that we need to be very aware of. Now, like praise and worship, the example I just shared with you, can actually uh, bring the presence of God to your situation and change your situation. Listen, believers, you and I can do things that open doors for demonic influence. 
to come into our lives. He doesn't need a big door. He just needs a small door. Now let me say this. If you have received Jesus as your personal Savior, you under the blood of Jesus, doesn't matter what you do, you can never be, listen, ever, ever be demon-possessed. Okay? Now, if you watch enough movies, you know what I mean. You can never be demon-possessed. Why? Because number one, 1 John tells us, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Number two, the Holy Spirit is not ever, ever in the business of sharing real estate space. Right? Come on. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't go, okay, okay, devil, you know, because of this guy doing something, you, you can just stay here. Now, once the Holy Spirit is in you, he's in you forever. It doesn't matter what you do. You can grieve him. We're going to talk about that later on. But he can't, he will not allow the demonic spirit to possess you. However, Christians can be demonically influenced. You understand the difference? Influence in their daily living and existence. And some, some, I'm not saying all of them, but some people tend to, tend to feel a, a spirit of depression over them as soon as they walk out of the church. What is that? That's, that's demonic influence. I'm not saying that's the case for everybody, but uh, for many people, that's the, that's the case. Uh, you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're in a depression, whatever, it, I, I didn't say that you're under demonic influence. I'm just saying some cases it's just, Okay? So there are things that you and I can do to allow or open the door for the demonic realm to influence us over, number one, our circumstances. Number two, our emotions. That will be our soul and our spirits. Let me give you some example, right? Sorry, I have to just keep adjusting my mic. I think my clip just fell off. So I'm going to pull that wire. You can't pull. Anyways, uh, so let me give you an example. For example, um, the Bible says uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, it talks about, Be ye not unequally yoked with the unbelievers. What fellowship does the children of light have with the children of darkness? What fellowship does righteousness have with darkness? Remember that scripture? Right? Now, why is that? Because... What, why is it, what does that mean, number one, is uh, we should not be unequally yoked. doesn't mean that we have no friends outside the church. That's not what it means. In fact, you need to have unchurched friends so that you can bring them to the Lord, right? Yeah? And Jesus hung out with, with sinners. Hello? So a lot of churches and theology and doctrine have to believe that, if, you know, because the Bible says be not, not unequally yoked, therefore you don't hang out with sinners, don't touch them, don't have anything to do with them, just stay away from their lives. And that's, that's, not, that's not what the Bible is talking about. What the Bible is talking about is when you're yoking with somebody, it's more than just friendship. There is an exchange of some kind. Exchange of money. Exchange of Something, when you're yoked with somebody. And that's the Bible, why the Bible said be not unequally yoked. So, you know, you hear example of, you know, in the old days, you know, I, I used to be very vocal about missionary dating. You know, you say, what is that? 
You know, in the old days, you know, uh, when I was a youth pastor, you know, when people come to, you know, if you've been to my youth, I was, I was super dictatorial, you know, very strict. And um, so if anybody just have any relationship that, that even an appearance of some kind of boyfriend and girlfriend relationship, I'll get involved. And thank God I changed. Hallelujah. God transformed me, you know. But, you know, I, I was like that because I was taught very strictly that, you know, Christians should never have any relationship with the unbelievers in terms of boyfriend and girlfriend relationship. And, um, but, you know, um, one of the reasons why we were so strict about that is because it gives negative influence. Usually you get pulled down, right? It's easier to pull down somebody than somebody pulls someone up. Right? So if I'm like standing here, it's easier for me to, for him to pull me down than for me to pull him up. And so if, if you're going out with the unbelievers, and there's no judgment, I'm not judging, I'm just telling you the spiritual reality, the influence of the person who uh, uh, is not, uh, uh, has not opened to the Lord will, will drag you. Uh, further away from God. And so, uh, can, 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 can you overcome that? Absolutely. We can all be overcomer, but you're going to have to put up a fight. There are people that marry believers even that are not interested as much about their spirituality. I tell you, it's a grievous challenge for the rest of your life because you, you're not going in the same direction or in the same speed. And so, it's always a contention. You know, uh, in my premarital counseling, I always tell people there are four things there are four things that ruin relationship. And, number, you know, the you know, problem with money, right? Money is one of the big things. And sex is another thing. Children, you know, talk about children, you know. I want to have one kids. I want to have 2,000 kids. I want to have no kids. Those just, just become a contentious issue that cause uh, a marital strife. And the last one is spirituality. And that has caused many relationships to fall apart. And so when you date an unbeliever, it says... If that person is under demonic influence, because they haven't given their heart to Jesus, though if you're married already, the Bible says that you actually sanctify that unmarried unbelievers. But before you're married, you know, you, there, there's no sanctification process going on. And so what it means is you, you get pulled down. And, uh, and, and, and if you're yoked with that person, um, you are opening up yourself for... Um, for de demonic influence. Now, this is not always the case, right? Um, in terms of boyfriend and girlfriend, because in this church, I've seen examples that have proven me wrong, that people go out with unbelievers, and they brought unbelievers in to get them baptized, and uh, now they're part of the church. Glory to Jesus. So, Psalm 115 say God will do whatever he pleases, right? He had given us guideline and whatever, but I wouldn't try to test it, right? But if that's the case for you, you know, just praise God, you know, God bless you, you know. May the Holy Spirit help you. And, uh, and it's good because there's church growth too, right? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Never mind. I would say this. You want to do missionary dating, whether it's dating believers or unbelievers, make sure they come to this church. quiet <laughs> amen so another example is um, uh, that the things that will open up our hearts to demonic influence another example would be unforgiveness 
The Bible teaches a lot about forgiveness because when, when, you, when you are unforgiving somebody, you are opening up yourself literally for demonic influence over your life. There are people that have been praying for healing. You haven't received healing because there is unforgiveness. So you can have like the best, you know, if Kenneth Hagin will rise from the dead and come back and pray for you, even him will not be able to help you because he will tell you, and he preaches this a lot, is unforgiveness is one of the key inhibitors for the Holy Spirit to work to bring healing. And you know, in our days and times, many of us, many Christians, non-believers, we have all been uh, betrayed. We have all been hurt terribly. We have all been betrayed by loved ones and even church people. Even people like me, like pastors, you know, that guy hurt me, man. He shouldn't have preached this. He really hurt me. You know, I, I've heard that. You know, I, I, I'm sorry, right? But, but you know, if, if you have been hurt, you don't forgive. You open up, you're opening up yourself for opportunity of demonic influence. Again, you're not going to be possessed, but you will find it very difficult to become overcomers in many areas of your life because of the unforgiveness. Are you here this morning? Another, another thing that will cause you to open up a door in your life to have demonic influence over your life is, is uh, 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 Ephesians talk about in chapter 4, unwholesome talk, you know, that would grieve the Holy Spirit. And, you know, you, we got to be careful what we say. Listen to me. Listen to me. Christians, sometimes the things we say, I'm not just talking about, you know, swearing and cursing, whatever. I'm talking about, 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 about gossiping. And, you know, when we... The Bible, you know, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 29, that don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And in that verse, he, 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 just, he just sandwiched that verse with people talking about, about other people and, and using bad words and, 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 and doing, doing, using your mouth to open up the door for demonic influence. Be careful of that. But also, of course, you don't want voices, whether it's audible voice from media or um, uh, audible voice that you hear to influence you and and so allowing you know uh, narratives or, or or words that you hear from the mass media to influence you that's why you know I sometimes I, I get depressed just reading the news I don't know about you I get depressed just reading the news and you know news news these days they don't, don't tell you the news they tell you your their opinion too they, they, they're not just reporting news they tell you how they feel and and it's very negative it's super negative and you become depressed just listening to those news. And of course, you know, unwholesome pictures coming into your, in your eyes. You know, they say your eyes is a, is a gateway to your soul. And you know, some of the things we watch, you know, some of the things we see. I mean, you got to be careful because you don't want to open up yourself the opportunity for the spiritual forces of darkness to have any influence over your life. Okay, so let me switch gear a little bit because it's 11.58. I had like 10 other points to make, but let me just quickly skip a few points and just share with you what I want to share. Um, you know, there's a lot of theological... Is, are, are you guys learning something? Are you, are, are you good with this? Or you want like fiery preaching that positive you? you you're learning something, right? You're, you're, 
You're, you're being reminded of something. See, I, I, my desire as a pastor of a local church is to see the people who are part of this church live in victory. I can inspire and motivate all I want, but if there is some other influence over your life, then it will be very hard for you to live in victory. So for you to live in victory in every area of your life, whether it's, it's, it's your finances, emotion, relationship, whatever, in every, I, I, I want to see that you have victories. Then, 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 the, then you can become the manifested presence presence of God to manifest the goodness and the glory of God to all over the place that you would go and you that, that would be under your influence so you know that's why I want to preach what we preach and so that's why I'm going to teach this now um, uh, let me give you a quick lessons about some spiritual creatures in dark places I, I know I shouldn't be doing that because it's Sunday I'm supposed to be very general and just blah 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 God loves you and you inspire but he does love you he wants you to have victory it is his plan that you live in victory, not in defeat. Can I hear an amen? Right? So anyway, so um, uh, just what is demons? Now, theologically, a lot of people used to say that demons are basically the one-third angel that follow the devil, um, uh, rebel against God. Right? So you have Lucifer, and then you have all the demons. So I heard some, some, some uh, reformers, and they used to say that there's one God and many angels, and then you, you've got... You got, you got devil and you have lots of demons. And, and that's really bad comparison because Lucifer cannot ever be compared to God. God is a trillion times bigger than Lucifer. In God's eyes, Lucifer is but a little dot. He, he is powerless in the eyes of God. So there, there's the idea of there is a battle between good and evil, God and devil. There's no battle there. He, he, he is so big, the devil runs when he sees God, right? And so that, there's no battle. You say, you say, why so much evil? It's because on this planet called earth, man has been given authority over the earth and man ceded the power to the devil and that's why the devil seems to be having more authority. Why can't God just come in and take over the power? Because God had designed that. He gave you the authority. You can do whatever you want with the authority. If you made the mistakes, you made the mistakes. And yes, he's doing something about it, but not violating what he had already done that is giving you an authority, but also give you another choice that is through his son, Jesus Christ. Right? So, so back to this heavenly creatures. You know, if you read Revelation, you see that in heaven, it's just more than angels with wings, you know, whatever, right? There's all the different creatures. For example, before the throne room of God, there were creatures with four faces, six wings, you know, eyes all over their wings, you know. Have you seen those creatures before? No. Those are spiritual creatures. They're not like angels with trumpets, you know, or baby little angels with heart. They're, you know, they're, these creatures, it's almost like in, in a futuristic movie, right? Your creatures with six wings and eyes all over, you know, and, and if you go to you, you go to Daniel, you know, and Ezekiel, you see you see different creatures, wheels with eyes all over. Wow, what kind of creature? It's amazing, right? That's many creatures in the spiritual world, uh, but but because we're talking about deliverance and spiritual reality and the things that we are contending with on earth, I also want to share with you my thoughts um, on on the spiritual dark world, all the spiritual forces. So you have angels, 
And then you have the rebellious angels, right? So that you have the archangel, which is Lucifer, and his, his rebellious angels, which all the one-third angels. And, and I also believe that the demonic forces is not really the rebellious angels, but the other spirits, the dark spirits of the world that are submitted to Lucifer. And if you have time, come talk to me. I'll tell you where they come from, okay? But the reason I believe they're not angels is because if you remember, every time Jesus cast demons out, um, they don't go airborne. They need to go to another body. Right? And in fact, Jesus said that those demons that's been cast out, they actually travel to dry places. They don't go to planet moon. You understand what I'm saying? So these demons, they are bound, on, bound to earth. They, 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 don't, they don't go airborne. Well, anyways, I don't know whether you believe it or not, but in regardless, these spiritual creatures, they are submitted to Lucifer. And their plan is of course to oppose God and cause the most beloved creatures of God to rebel against God. Who are the most beloved creatures of God? And that's why he died for us. And that's why even though we make so many mistakes, he's still given us the tools to have a way out. He given us his son, his blood, his Holy Spirit, his word, all those tools to give us an opportunity to become overcomer. And yes, you can. You can overcome whatever opposition that is coming against you. Because the word of God promised that no weapon formed against you will prosper. Everything, everything that formed against you will not prosper. Why? Because you are a child of God. But you must be the child of God though. So, let me repeat this. The biggest mistakes the devil had, the, the biggest success the devil had had is to convince the world that he does not exist. And God does not exist. And because of that, he can operate in full freedom. But if people have knowledge of his existence, people were trying to figure out how to overcome him. And the only way to overcome, the Bible says, is through Jesus. And so he doesn't want people to know about Jesus. He wants to discredit the need of Jesus. So he will tell you, and he had convinced the world that he doesn't exist. But even the greatest scientists, we have a scientist here, who will tell you that God is real. The medical science, all they can do is just explore and discover what had already been created. And all the invention, all the invention of the world, think about this, does not use new materials. You know, Moses, in his time, had already had all the materials needed to put a plane together. That's why the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Are you here this morning? He did all the materials he needed. We haven't discovered new materials, new raw resources on planet Earth. Nothing has been added to Earth over the past few thousand years. The only difference is that God has given us more wisdom to rearrange all those resources we have to put a plane together. Nothing is new under the sun. I just lost a train of thought. I think it's O-H. So anyways, to convince you that he doesn't exist, the devil doesn't exist, but he does exist. And once you know that, you know that you need God. Now anyways, the, the demonic forces out there to do many, many things. Some of the things he's doing is to inflict suffering. Right? In, uh, in, in Matthew, we, we learn that um, a, a child is uh, having seizure. And so the Bible says that God had Jesus rebuked the demons and then and healed the child. You know, when we pray for the sick sometimes, 
it's, it's, it's because of a, a physical problem. So we, we, we take authority and we, we command all the sickness to go. But sometimes, and I train the people in the prayer team, is that, you know, sometimes it's not praying for the sick. It's to take your authority to rebuke the demonic influence over their lives. And, and there's sometimes, may God give you the wisdom to, 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 to know what to use, how to pray to, to get, get the person set free. But you know, the Bible says Satan's, Satan's here to kill, steal, and destroy. So his intention is to inflict as many harm as possible on the most beloved creatures of God so that they can either rebel against him or continue to be rebelling against him or if they're already Christians, to turn their back on God and rebel against God. There are many Christians that turn their back against God. You know, you know many, many of you who are, who, are, who are older, I say older, not old, older, not old, nobody's old, everybody's older and younger, right? Not old, but some of you are older, you have grown children that have turned their faith away from the Lord. Why? Because of all the influences that are happening, they have witnessed all these influences and all the voices that they heard, all the voices they heard from the mass media, all of them, all the cumulative voices and, and situation had caused them to turn away from God. How is it possible? Because of the influence of dark forces in their circumstances, in their surrounding that caused them to be disheartened. And that's, that's what the devil wants to do. But good thing is this, is that God had given all of us, everybody say all of us, the authority to overcome every demonic forces in the world. Forces from voices that will tell you to go and commit suicide, to tell you you're useless, there's no purpose of your life, to voices that tell you to deceive, to cheat, to kill, to, to, to cheat the government, you know, Shanai. The voices, these are the voices that God has given you and I the authority to overcome. It is true that, you know, a lot of times you cannot blame everything on the devil. Right? Now, if you're overweight, you can't blame the devil. You're overweight. It's like the devil made me do that. No. If you fail in your class, you didn't do well in school, it's not the devil's fault. Are you here this morning? There are people that blame the devil, poor old devil. Actually, I shouldn't even say poor old devil. They deserve all the blames, right? So, you know, we, a lot of times we blame the devil for things that we've done ourselves. It's true, the devil does tempt us. He creates circumstances to tempt us. It's true. But you cannot blame the devil. At the end of the day, we have to take responsibility of our own decision. Are you here this morning? Right? So, so while we take responsibility of our own decision, we need to be aware that he is always trying to influence us. But you have the authority over the situation. Let me give you a really one practical uh, example. Um, there was this pastor in... Um, uh, in a country called Colombia, he shared his uh, testimony, really quite interesting. He's a pastor of a fairly large church. So he has a very close brother, you know, they're good friends and, and they grew together and the church started to grow and, 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 and one day this brother got, got hooked up with this beautiful, beautiful girl, just amazing, gorgeous, you know, and, uh, but didn't know that this, this, this lady was in, in witchcraft. And so, consequently, she had convinced him to, to separate himself from his brother. So this preacher, of course, very concerned and went and visited um, his brother one day. And his brother wasn't home, but the, the girlfriend was home. And then the girlfriend knew about this pastor. And uh, so this pastor trying to share the gospel with this girl. 
And this girl said, no way I'm going to believe in your gospel. I'm opposed to your faith. And on top of that, I have full control over your brother. See, she'd use lust to entice this man to open the door for influence. And so she was so boastful. She said, I have full control over your brother. There's nothing you can do about it. And sure enough, the brother stopped calling, didn't want to answer his phone, nothing to do with him. Now, what do you do? Oh, this is what he did. This is his testimony. He went to his prayer closet. He began to do spiritual warfare. Now, remember I told you, you have all the spiritual authority over any demonic forces on earth. You identify them, and then you use the authority God had given you. Now, when you use your authority, you don't have to sweat it, spit you know, and, you know, do all crazy rigmarole, right? I mean, if you really have the authority, you have the authority. You know, like cops, they have authority, yes? They don't have the power, but they have the authority. Do you think they have to spit and sweat to get you stopped? They just need to, they just need to show the badge, right? You see the badge, you know all the repercussion if you don't obey. Going to have tickets, you know, parting money from your pocket, go to jail, you know, so, so, so that authority represents a lot. You don't, you know, you are given authority. The devil, he, you know, the word of God says that he had put a seal on you. That's the seal of the Holy Spirit. The seal is on your forehead. It's very visible in the kingdom of darkness. Many of us are afraid of the devil. It's like, oh, no, I don't want to upset him. So, he, you know, I don't want to upset him. And, and then he will come and attack me. He can. He's afraid of you. I say this. The devil is afraid of you. You say, well, I'm not that spiritual. It doesn't matter. God has put a seal on you. He had put a seal on you. And you just have to know that with confidence and rebuke it. Right? So this is what he did. He went to his prayer closet. He started to do spiritual warfare. He identified the spirits on this woman. All the witchcraft. He began to rebuke that spirit, you know. And he prayed. He rebuked the spirits. And sure enough, in a very short period, his brother called him up and said, I've just broke up with that girl. It's a true story. It's a powerful story. It demonstrates to us that every believer, not just pastors, every believer has been given authority over the spiritual forces in dark places, over the spiritual forces of darkness. You have been given that power. Use that authority. Use your power. You know, some of you have your, your children, your, your spouse, or people, you know, your boss, your, uh, your, 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 your subordinate, you know. It's given you a hard time. There are always one or two of them, right? Just giving you a hard time. Shandai, you go do your spiritual warfare. You take your authority over that person. You say in Jesus' name, you have nothing over me. You got nothing. I got the blood of Jesus. I rebuke you. You go ahead and exercise your authority and you will, will become an overcomer. Now I spoke about I spoke about what you and I can do. I've been speaking about that. How to prevent, make sure what you watch, what you hear, what you do is not opening up for demonic forces. One of the things that Jesus said when he prayed, is that, Father, you know, I thank you that I have sanctified myself. You know, Christians, we need to learn that word sanctification. Sanctification is taken from the same root word as holiness. Sanctification means make holy. 
What is that? Now, in the English vernacular, if you just go check all the English dictionary, they'll tell you that it's cleansed from sin, mistakes, and all the, all the sin of the world. That's not the true definition of mekdash, sanctification. Oh, sikinu, sorry. I got a Bible scholar here. I got to make sure my, uh, my Hebrew is good. Right? So, so holiness, sanctification by its purest definition is setting apart. So watch this. A lot of people used to think holiness opposite is sinfulness and unrighteousness. That is not true. Do you know what is the opposite of holiness? Commonness. Common. Holiness is set apart. The opposite is being common like the rest. We have been called to be holy. God says, be holy as I'm holy. A lot of religious people have thought, that means these are all the rules you have to subscribe to. Rules mean contribute to the fact that you can separate yourself. But the key is really separating yourself. There are things that you could legally do, i.e. based on the word of God. But if you want to, you, you want to live in victory... You need to consider holiness in terms of not doing what everybody is doing. Because that's what a lot of Christians are saying this day. Well, everybody is doing it. When you say when everybody is doing it, that is a sure sign that you shouldn't be doing it. Are you here? So in order to live in victory, not opening up yourself channels and doors and opportunity for the enemy to influence you. Where's my worship team? Are they up here yet? I know you guys all like, I'm, I'm closing. Is don't do what everybody is doing. And I'm not going to tell you what the rules are because that will be religious. The Holy Spirit is already in your heart telling you what you can or cannot do. Are you here this morning? Come on. You know, when I was a youth pastor, a lot of people come to say to me, you know, you know, the Bible never said this. Then I said, therefore, I'm going to do it. And I used to try to correct them. And, and sometimes I come up with all those theology, you know, try to back up everything that they say they shouldn't do. And then I feel like sometimes I'm coming short. Like I, I just, the best thing to do is you have the Holy Spirit. You know, you're going to kid yourself if you're trying to play with fire. You know, don't play with fire because you're going to be burned by fire. You, you can have all the theological justification to play with that fire. But you know who's actually going to get burned? Not me. Not anybody. The guy who played with the fire get burned. So there's two points I'm making. Let me summarize this with these two points. There are spiritual forces of darkness over this earth. It's working really hard to cripple us, destroy us, to cause us to be in defeat, to, to, to kill us, to completely remove us out of the sight of God, to cause as much pain in the heart of God as possible, that is to destroy the creatures that is most beloved by God, you. And it's real. When you become a believer, he put a spirit into your heart, blood over you, and now you're a candidate to live in victory. You are no longer under the influence of the dark world. 
you are saved, redeemed from the curse of the law. However, you and I can do things that would open the door for the enemy to come in and influence us. Though we would never be demon-possessed because the Holy Spirit lives in us, but you can be influenced. That influence can do things from affecting the way that you can make proper and right decision at the right time to speaking to you to accuse you to cause you to be in depression to the point that you will see life is no longer worth living to cause sickness cause disease that God cannot reach because there's unforgiveness there you and I have influence and we need to make decision what to do. You have been given that power and authority to make decisions.